0: Hey. How are you, brother? What's going on?
1: never used this feature.
0: No, I was bloody, um, I was just trying to, I spent the last bloody hour trying to figure it all out. (laughs) Yeah, man. How are you?
1: Good, brother. I'm, yeah, really good. Just been, um, you know, building Duplo houses and reading books. What else are we doing? Running around the garden, um, pushing the swing kicking the soccer ball around, making hearts. It's all on, brother. Nice. No, sweet, man. It'd be good to see the little one, eh? Oh, that's awesome. It's really cool. Good fun. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, you can't,
0: yeah. can't really describe it, really. Yeah, man. No, it's bro. So, um, obviously, this is... We're actually recording. For yeah, I can okay. see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. um, sweet, bro. So, I'm obviously letting you on episode one, under one condition. What's that? Um, that you are not allowed to overwhelm me with absolute intellect because I know you're a very intelligent man. And, uh, <laughs> you can't outshine me on my first one, bro, because I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> Mate, that's
1: uh, understandable. Um, yeah, and, it, and it's like
0: you, you're the one leading, so I'll, I'll follow, brother. <laughs> awesome, bro. Well, um, bro, so obviously you're running the Stags royal Podcast and you have now what, – what episode are you up to? you are being bloody –
1: 138
0: was yesterday,
1: uh, month, uh, well, what's the bloody day, That was Friday the 1st of May, um, yeah. was episode 138, got 139 ready to go there on Monday, so yeah, yeah, we're knocking on the door of 140 episodes which will be pretty cool, probably do that next week, which, you know, that has been the silver lining of this COVID, carry on, you know, we haven't been yeah. able to go for that hunt in the hills and, and try to and catch up with some of those stick, stick, stags together brother, but. Um, no, no, no. On the flip side, I've, I've been able to sit down and nut out a few episodes and, and look at this. Dave Perry's on yeah, the bro. Venator
0: or Agenda. Epic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose I took inspiration from you ages ago. It was really like, you know, going back to. I think I spoke to you about it last year, yep. and then kind of the back burners, and then all of a sudden, I've decided to wait till level three to drop a podcast, When I've spent the last four weeks doing fuck all, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, you and, yeah, so- you, and Fitz, you and Fitz, you and Fitz have
1: been sitting around on the on the couch, and and getting your ideas out with, what is that, two two grunts? Two yeah, blokes, two, two grunts.
0: grunts? Yeah, yeah, bro, so that we we started that, obviously, we'll we tend to do a lot of video sort of stuff, but, mm. you know, but obviously, everyone's segregated at the moment, so it's always... <laughs> Made things a lot harder. Uh, we talked about doing a podcast, but I suppose we both had two, um, yeah, two sort of different schedules and what we were trying to accomplish. And then, so I've managed to free up over the last kind of month or so. And then, yeah, you know, I thought, oh, bugger it. We'll get, get this underway since we can since finally, you know.
1: And how classic must- was it that, you know, you and I up there on the Ruohine's when we recorded that little segment for Two Blokes, Two grads, and sure enough, yeah. next weekend, or the next Monday, and it's telling us to to stay in our homes. Like, oh, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's um, it's been a weird ride, bro. Like, I it was quite a surreal experience the whole lockdown. I think, you know, when I first, I think I I spoke to the first person that really kind of hit home to was my mum, and my mum was like, I came home one day and I was going all this jargon about the coronavirus and all that sort of shit, and it's just like she's like, oh, this is you know, this is really scary and really um, um, you know, this is no, I was just kind of, at the time, sort of shrugged it off. But then I went to work, man, and it was crazy. Like, I think my old man messaged me and he said, um, you know, as soon as we gone into level well, – I think that, that day they were talking about going into um, level three mm. and then um, dropped a the bombshell in the morning saying, said, oh, yeah, level three for the next two days and then into level four. And I, 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 what, I saw in the yard and the – where I work, you know, guys are running around like headless chickens trying to ring bloody banks, and you know, people are just freaking out. It was just chaos, and even outside in the yard, I mean, people were just like cars everywhere. Like, right, it, was, it was like the apocalypse, man. It was just <laughs> crazy. But then, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's been a really positive respect for a lot of people, man. I think a lot of people training, Instagram stories are going hard on the on the fitness. The hunting community's really banded together. It's been fucking actually quite. a, I think it's quite a good, well, a positive. Obviously you can't go hunting, which is a negative, but you know, in a lot of ways a positive, a positive avenue for a lot of people. I think, yeah, man, yeah. and, and um, yeah,
1: like it's like I say, banded together. There's, there's plenty of people chatting and touching base, and like you know, game animal councils and, and NZDA sort of come come to the fore again, which is really awesome to see that they've got their back. And you know, it's a shame that yeah. they're not fully listened to, but they, to to march that agenda back a little bit and. And you know, get a get a mention in the prime minister's speech, like, hey, we should be state we're state about that. At least it's it's front of mind, and it's yeah. been talking about on on the mainstream media, you know, hunting and things like that. And even insofar so yeah. far as it's ticked off a bloody activist, animal activist, to write a a, a two page oh, right. two page spiel and and, and uh, try to get her agenda across, you know, it's just it's just one of those but things no, that, no. Makes you, that makes you makes you think and, and, and solidify your own thoughts, I guess, and, and be, you know considerate of the of the arguments of why you're doing things and, and ask yourself those questions is what I'm doing the right thing and I think most of us will come to the realization that you were doing a good job and, and full credit to Matt Gibson for you know rebutting yeah. all that eh?
0: <laughs> oh man I read the article because eh? I, I think you yeah i seen it on your page and I was like because oh. I read the first one and it just seemed real. Well, I read her one yeah whatever her name was and um I was like this is, this is the most uneducated argument I think I've ever seen yeah. and I was just kinda and I think it was really good yeah like, I'll give did a a good job of that really you know putting everything in context and, and bringing statistics in a very educated response to an uneducated argument I think so yeah it was an um, emo- it was an emotional <laughs> argument and
1: and unfortunately sometimes when you do come at something with logic and and reason, if someone's already emotional about it they're not going to hear you, but hopefully the people that sort of got irked or sparked by the original article hopefully some of them see the second one and and sort of the i think it can be a positive that it it sort of gets people to have a look at their morals and have a look at where they sit on things and to sort of see one part of the story that's sort of you know flagrantly just yelling stuff out and and using a mode of words without really saying much to someone that really goes and considers it and and, and respectfully responds. Yeah, I think that, you know, again, it's it's like the people that have been out poaching for hunters to stand up and also say, well, that's bloody rubbish. That's not what we're about. Um, hopefully that puts us in a good mindset. And that's something that uh, Tim from Game Animal Council has been putting forward. You know, despite this not being where we all would like things to be, we're, we're respectful, we're patient, we're resilient. We can get through this. And, um, Mate, the, the tags will still be
0: there. <laughs> Bro, like, I think, you know, as a hunter, you sort of hear four weeks off at home, you're like, during the roar, it's like, oh, mate, like, this is just <laughs> awesome. I think my first, when I heard it, you know, going back to where everyone was running around like a headless chook, I was just sitting there frothing, like, I was had it all in my head that I was going to go straight home, pack my pack, yeah. you know, to Tonka, bloody 90-litre bison, ready to get that out there, grab the old three O, Yeah just be out there for a few days and then it, it sort of slowly started dawning after, you know, you can't go hunting. You, this is it's just like, oh, shit. And then I think – but I think the way that the whole community, especially on social media, reacted was awesome. Yeah. I think people – you know, you always, you're always going to have, like, in any case, the minority ruining it for the majority in terms of poaching and, and being out when you're not supposed to. But as a whole, I think – because I know that I spoke to a lot of guys and they said, this, you know, I'm still going to go out. And they didn't. Mm. They ended up kind of like towards moving through it and kind of putting their own sort of I don't know ideas and stuff away for the greater good of what the rest of the country was trying to achieve, which is which all bloody awesome. But yeah, But yeah. Man. So um, just on a also going back to you, right? Since you're the guest. <laughs> and, um, so the stag's raw, bro. I don't actually ever ask you. So, podcast is something that. I up until bloody six months, ago, or probably until actually talking to you, I didn't pay too much attention to. Is it as a, as a bit? I, I don't know, bit of ignorance or whatever. But now I thoroughly enjoy them, especially your one. Like you've had some awesome guests on your podcast. I think came Briscoe, man. I've probably <laughs> listened to that podcast probably about three times. Um, I found it just awesome. I'd had to ring him and just say how awesome I, I thought yeah. it was, and yeah, he's a top bloke. And you've done some with Andre. Um, I think uh, that little cheeky bugger, fucking. Hayden, uh, hate he Buddy C- Caden <laughs> Willis. Flicker. That was an awesome podcast, too, man. And, bro, Art Green, The Bachelor. Yeah. Fucking awesome stuff. So, just going back to that, man. Stags Raw, what was your motivation behind it? How'd you get it underway? Yeah, full, full, full of sin. Yeah, so I was
1: a bit like you. I, I knew about Joe Rogan for ages, and I just sort of thought it was a thing on YouTube. I used to sit down and watch the old, odd episode, and like. um. My moth method, I watched that one way back when. And then it was sort of, I don't know, one day I had a conference down in Rotorua, actually, and um, the missus sort of said, hey, let's listen to Gary Vaynerchuk. And I was like, what do you mean, listen to him? Well, I thought you would just watch him. And she said, no, I see this purple thing on your, on your iPhone? That's podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah, I watch those. She's like, oh, yeah, you can listen to them. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. And so then we were going along. And listening to Gary Vee, and I thought, like, oh, that's a pretty, pretty cool idea. And then so I got home and, and chuck, chucked up the app and found Joe Rogan experience. I was like, oh, wicked. And then I found Tim Ferriss, whatever he's called, uh, it might just be Tim Ferriss, <laughs> and Gary Vandercheck at the time. So these three. And yeah, I was tuning in, and all these episodes kept showing up, and, you know, downtimes um going to work and driving to work. I was, I was driving around the Waikato at the time. And then this bloke, Dan Doty, jumped on and he was talking about how he used to film with the meat eater guys and um, how he's into, you know, making men and blokes better. And he's he's got this thing called Everyman and it's about guys coming together in the wilderness or, or in this barn in, in Massachusetts and just sort of getting together and figuring it out without the influence of, of media or or you know what you should do and you know it's not psychology it's not a not a sort of tear fest it's a pull, pull yourself together type thing in, in the support of other blokes. i was like, oh that sounds like rugby without the rugby <laughs> and, and and the um drinking till you pass out that sounds pretty cool so then i went and flicked over to his his podcast and and sure enough he was on episode one and two and, and it might have been the day or something i was going from cambridge over the hills to the um fallow blocks between Cambridge and, and, Tata, uh, and Matamata. And it was one of those absolutely stunning Waikato days, a bit of mist around the hills and um, listened to the first episode driving over, then had a big, big day walking around through the bush and spooking a couple of black coasts as, as they are in that little bush block, instead sort of creeping up in on areas and thinking this looks good, and then all of a sudden this black orb that's often, you know, 10 minutes from you and you go, bugger. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah, driving away from there, I, I listened to the second episode and I was like, man, that's what a cool way to reach a wider audience. Um, as an optometrist, you sort of talk one-on-one with people and you find yourself in a lot of cases saying the same information over and over again. I thought, man, imagine just being able to put that out there and, you know, you see Joe Rogan, reach 10 million people in a day you're like man imagine imagine if you could get to that level so i just basically got started with it um with this app here anchor i sort of started playing around with five minute thought things to get started and talked about rugby and mindset and then had an episode with with my mate um, we talked about ketogenic lifestyles and, and crossfit and swimming and then another one was my, my mate um, in Waikato who runs this uh, non profit called The Water Boy, and that's about uh getting young kids that are uh, sort of underprivileged involved with sport, breaking down barriers, so you know they get them a bike, they get them the gear so that there's basically no excuse and and they get to be involved with sport and the and the company that sponsors them gets a bit of content and a relationship and it's really awesome for these young kids. And um so yeah, I started talking with a few guys, uh, Tony Dodds and and Eddie Dawkins that, that I knew from down south and, yeah, went from there and then carried on talking about health and strength. And then about, I don't know, 40 episodes in or so time again happened and that's when a bit more hunting started to enter the podcast. So, yeah, it's been a, a weird journey. I don't know where where I was going with it to, to begin with, but it's just now – a case where I can have a wicked conversation and meet a whole bunch of people and it's a bit of a backdoor into having a a sit-down with your idols, whether that be in person, um, which I'm hoping to do more of once we get out of this COVID or across the internet, been using Zoom and, um, yeah, uploading it through this platform here that we're talking on Anchor, which, as I said, this is the first time I've used this feature. It's bloody cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. I think, um, so, you know, going from... You know, the, the response, because obviously I I had I was on your podcast as well uh end of last year and you know I think the it's it's grown, bro, like the the stag's roar is grown in such a positive light. You know, I'd get messages from blokes or, or n- nothing to do with Instagram, nothing like, you know, things on Facebook and stuff say, so, Hey man, I heard your podcast and the stag's roar and I think it's without uh probably um without probably an, an intentional thing, I think you really establish yourself in the hunting community. I know that a lot of, especially hunters, will will talk about your podcast and stuff um, because of the fact that it's not just about hunting. It's and It's a lot of, you know, mental, uh, physical, you know, anything, bro. I mean, you've had some... Oh, I, mean, I think I listened to the one, was it the Elizabeth the other week? and I was like, whoa, well, this, is, this is next level. This is something I would never consider myself listening to. Yeah, I'm sitting here listening to it. It's, it's, it's quite, it's, you know, the... The sort of the multi kind of topics is is awesome. So and that was the, that one, yeah, that yeah, one nah. like
1: this was pretty scary to do because, like, and again, it sort of stems from how it all started going back to the everyman thing like being better guys and better blokes and dealing with our demons and, and things like that. And so to sit down with someone that's in that space and, and exploring masculinity, if you want to talk about it or or emotional vocabulary like man my my bank of emotional vocabulary is pretty pretty bloody short Uh, as i was saying in that podcast i'm either good bad or all right um so to yeah to to explore it and try have a conversation with somebody about it man i was i was packing myself and then through doing that you know the whole thing's reasonably selfish from 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 the first aspect but I think being that example or getting people that are uh, that example and exposing things is really awesome. And that was the same with getting Andre back on, you know, we talked th- through the hunters club and, and bow hunting and things like that in the first episode. And then the second episode, it was really about, you know, how can we be, you know, elite performers on the Hill? Cause that's what we all, all want to be. And, and basically those yeah. things come through from, you know, health and wellness and mental capability and, and strength and resilience and and the nutrition and the fuel that we choose to put in our bodies. So that was really fun. And and hopefully that sort of takes some people that listen to that episode down the path to some of my older episodes with like guys like Gary Fetke, who's an orthopedic surgeon or, or Sean Baker, who's a, another orthopedic surgeon that just basically eats steak. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, you can sort of open your mind and get exposed to different things and, and go down different rabbit holes. And and we can all be these even more epic people because I think hunting already gives us such a a level up and that's why I'm, you know, cavalier on doing it. Why, why, despite not having success in in public land for 10 years, I was still at it because you don't have to take an animal to have a hell of a time out on the hill.
0: Oh, man, too right, too right, bro. I think, um, yeah, it's just going into that, you know starting the podcast and, uh, were, you, were you nervous bro like you, especially <laughs> when you first guest, like your first podcast I know that um so I had a business call probably as a business mentor on mm-hmm. Anzac Day speaking to this bloke and um he was telling me about starting the podcast because I said I, I pitched the idea and said oh mean, I've, I've thought about it in the um you know and you know in part I never really kind of i just like got into it because i mean i you know to, in all honesty man i'm I'm just like, i get quite you know anxious with some with new projects where you put yourself out there even if it's just like something as small as putting your face mm, on an instagram yeah. story or something like that even it might not seem like it to people on the other end but i do so the podcast is quite scary and then yeah, i said to him so i said the same thing to him i said oh, look man i'm look at doing uh like starting one maybe and just like but like for these reasons, I don't do it because I get you know anxious and you know I don't know what to say. Am I intelligent enough to do it? Am I this and that? And kind of overthink it. And he just said, mate, if you go back to Joe Rogan 1 mm. and 2, you will see how rough it is and how compared to what it is now. You know, so I did that. I went back to Joe Rogan uh, the first two and had a listen. I was like, fuck. And then obviously listen to the ones now. And you're like, wow, there's a massive difference. I was like, oh. So it gave me the confidence to do it. Did that resonate with you as well during your first couple yeah, of podcasts? Yeah, like I said, I heard that Dan Doty
1: talk on on Joe Rogan, yeah. like, Heck. And then when I listened to his first two episodes and I was like, Well, oh, that's doable. But like, um <laughs> at the time, like the the thing that I've had sponsoring the podcast the whole time, why ghetto, the exogenous ketone stuff. Um, at the time I was sort of involved with that. That's how I got introduced to Gary Vee. And that was basically pushing some of these like personal development things of doing things at the edge of your comfort zone. Um, I heard this thing last or two weekends ago that was like when things are exciting and, and scary at the same time, you should probably do them. Um, and the year the year prior to starting the podcast, I've been on uh, the Rotary Leadership Award, I think it was called RILA. And again, that was a, that, that was one of those things that was introduced there. Um, was that you know nothing happens in, inside your comfort zone. You've got to sort of just push and pad the the boundaries of it, and, and that's where growth starts to happen. So that, that's sort of the mindset I took took to it. By, by all means, I was I was nervous. By all means, I had like all these questions written down. I, um, I was scrolling back through the other day to have a look at the time span of of episodes and, mate, those first ones I was lucky enough to get get half an hour blasted out, uh, and, and now it easily goes over an hour, and and we've got a quite a few there pushing two hours, and and when I had a yarn with with Paul Michaels, and he's got a hell of a setup, um, we managed to blast out three hours, no worries. So I think. It just becomes practice being comfortable um and yeah you you start to ask better questions and things like that but even so it took me like 30 or 40 episodes before i put the, the notepad to the side and and just started freeballing it so you know to, to, as you say you just you go look at joe rogan you know episode one and two he's baked out of his mind he's sitting there on his laptop with red band and they're just answering questions over the internet like Man, that that that's where thirty million dollars a year starts.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, but it's, it's uh, like you said, it's an awesome tool as as well as how as long as well as social media. Like, with, I notice that you're very, what, you know, your story. You've always got something interesting on your stories. I think you're you're always interacting with people. Um, do you find because even now, obviously, I brought you on the podcast because me and you become mates we've been out hunting a few times since the podcast and someone you know comfortable to talk with as opposed to if I brought on I don't know someone like <laughs> Joe Rogan or maybe not but someone like that who I'd be totally like oh like I don't even know this person am I going to ask the right question am I going to say the wrong thing am I going to offend them am I going to get into an argument on my first podcast or, sick. or that sort of stuff Do you break the internet
1: argument with Joe right? Rogan yeah <laughs>
0: Call it the podcast punch-up or something. <laughs> <though. Yeah. laughs> um, do you find, since you've been so interactive on social media, bro, do you, do you find it a lot easier when it comes to podcasts? Like, are most of the people you talk to, people that you've talked to, obviously outside of the podcast, like before you actually do the podcast? Yes, yeah. you know, like, so I guess it's yeah.
1: a bit like doing it. It's just something that has become more and more comfortable doing like – I don't know. With some of these technologies, I've, I've, for some reason, I've been a little bit of an early adopter. Like um, I was on Twitter back when it was, you know, you had, you'd had you have to write the at so-and-so, you know, and I used to, in those days you used to be able to yarn to, to all blacks and celebrities and all, all that sort of stuff just because there was no one on there and then all of a sudden um, instead of sharing a photo in Twitter, people started using Instagram to share your photos to twitter and so i jumped on that and um yeah <laughs> stupidly or, or whatever you know not that it really matters i i culled a big bunch of that at, at one point in time but when i finished uni i went off facebook as well and, and i culled a bunch of people on my instagram and, but i guess it doesn't really matter like it's just they're it just followers it doesn't doesn't matter or, or whatever but yeah and then so for a long for me my sort of growing up with Instagram was from the early days where there wasn't much of a barrier um, and so I did talk to a lot of people on Instagram um, well look at that you have to go to, turn to the fire now man it's all good
0: um, um, why can I, why can I yeah well
1: mate it? they're all over the place Havelock North has one of those Cambridge has one right. of those yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's not a, a tsunami about
0: that, man.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the the sort of confidence to message people, I think it's just being me growing up with some of these social media things and, and you know that's probably a blessing and a curse um to, to grow up like that. But then like you say, the getting in front of the, the camera, the the doing the likes of Instagram live or, or facebook live that really came about being involved with that um prove company and, and trying to push yourself out of, out of the comfort zone not that it, it got me anything but you know this, the skills of doing that have meant that i've practiced it a couple of times when it didn't really matter to now being in this um stuff it's just something that, I, something that i do so yeah it's, it's, it's funny to have people say back oh you're you're real sort of in you know prolific on your social media but it's just kind of like well that's that's how i see that tool or that that platform is is something that should be interactive and sharing and and fostering and i kind of don't understand when people say they have a bad time on on social media maybe maybe i've just been lucky and and don't make enough of an impact yet to, to get abused but um yeah i I sort of try and foster it to have images that that inspire me. And, and so therefore that's what I try and put back, you know, following someone like Cameron Haynes is pretty special. That guy's, that guy's relentless in this positivity that he puts out on, on Instagram. And yeah, I just think it's really cool. And, and someone that's I followed from 2013, Keegan Smith, um, he's just really, really pushes that side of things. And, and I've had plenty of conversations with him and, you know, been now been a part of his network of, of real movement athletes and coaches and, you know, people that are trying to do things with media. It's just, yeah, someone like, like that to interact with, and like you are saying, with business mentors, of that can just sort of, you can bounce ideas off and, and they say back to you, well, mate, it can be done. And that's one of the things that Keegan always says, you know, if it's not you, then who? And if it's not now, then when are you going to do it? So. <laughs>
0: I'd basically, do it, it man. I mean, even love me, social media was so. Oh, I think I think it was, um, you know, it was such a which um, Kane really brought up, mess in his podcast with you was um, saying how, you know, especially as Kiwis, you, you know, putting yourself out, marketing yourself is mm. such a huge tool. Um, and, and going back into how he said, I would never put along the lines of I would never put my you know, six months ago, I would never put my face in front of a camera and say anything. And then he, now he's, you know, I'm hmm. doing it on the regular and I, 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 I rang him and I said to him, like how, you know, how I think that resonated with me. Like, Cause I was, a, I felt the same. Like I would, um, you know, I'd never, I'd never wanted people to know anything about me in social media. I think my Instagram, my first Instagram page, but I think I had like, I had a page, but I think it was like <laughs> two photos with about a hundred followers, which was my family. And then obviously kicked up Vanator and listened to a few people, you know, made some decisions that were probably not the best light of what I was trying to do with the brand, hence probably why I've stayed off um, the story and stuff as of recent, just to really take a look, good look or step back and have really have a look at what I was doing and what I was trying to accomplish. Um but yeah, like as you're saying that the tool of social media is such a especially with this day and age of how massive it is now. And going back to how you I've heard so many guys say how when Instagram first started, how easy it was to, you know, get yourself out there, and you look at the people with the big followings now—they were the ones who got in mm. early, as opposed to now where you're you're you around with you know, <laughs> algorithms and and all sorts of stuff like that, and ah, oh, just and what you can get away with and what you can't. So, in terms of censorship of, I mean, a lot of animals. You know, you look at, you know, hunting for example. if you, you know, dressing an animal sometimes that can be seen by Instagram as a unfavorable photo, which is you know censored. So. I think back then you didn't have to worry about that sort of thing as much as you do now, but it's a, it's definitely a tool that takes a lot to understand, but it's, yeah, you know, you're right. I think it's a huge, um, a huge, uh, well, a, a tool for any business that is so important in this day and age. Um, next thing, bro. Now, this is something that I love to, you know, love to think of. It. I, I talked to, obviously we have a mutual friend of yeah. Justin, Justin and more free range. Hunter. Um, Going to this this topic here, the measure of success, bro. So, your measure. So, you currently an optometrist, bro. You studied. You went through uni, just like most Kiwis. And you, you know, your measure of success is something that, you know, where you, where you're going and like where you want to be in the next ten years. A deer farmer or working on a deer farm, which is fucking awesome, bro. I think that's something that's so positive i think it's it's awesome do you want to yeah do you want to touch on touch on your dreams of farming and being a deaf and yeah, working mate. on a so deaf like
1: farm? it's funny this topic started to come up a bit again and, and i don't know why but things tend to come in waves and when i finished uni i it was a couple of years after I, when i moved to, first moved to cambridge i started a blog stag ryan and and, and i've had this catch cra- or oh, sort of description on there the whole time and um The whole purpose of the blog was to express my thoughts on search for success. Uh, I want to explore success, what it might look like, what it might mean, and how I went about achieving it or whatever, um, and and keep pursuing it. Um, I believe success needs redefining away from money and assets and should consider state of mind, freedom, meaningful connectivity, and joy. Um, So that's like something that's sort of um, driven my my passion for that word success and, and what it might look like. And yeah, with I don't know why, but you know, it shows up in basically anything that I create. I put the word stag in there, but um, there, there was a sort of accidental nickname from when the, the South and Stags finally won the Ramfurly Shield. We all changed our Facebook names to um, you know, first name, stag, last name, and then I moved to Auckland and, and playing rugby for varsity up there. That became my nickname all of a sudden, so I've, I've sort of stuck with it, but yeah. From you know, growing up in Southland, family, friends that own a deer farm, um, obviously the Southland stags themselves, just and the amount of people that are involved with hunting down there, it's just always been one of those image imagery things that I've associated with. Um, the monarch of the glen, um, image is just something that's super powerful, and and um, even even it's gone in so far as Harry Potter, like that guy's. Um, protector as a stag. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, draw, draw on a lot of yeah. things from that. But yeah, um, sort of towards the end of my uni, um, that was when I started to really go. Shit, I want to, I want to go do this hunting thing. And it might have even been before I, I went to uni. I want to really go do this hunting thing. I'd, I'd love to have a deer farm. And so, obviously, when you look at rural land and farms of any decent size that are able to operate, you need a fair chunk of capital. Um, and so the best place for me is probably to stick with what I'm doing as an optometrist and, and try grow that. And I don't know, look at business and, and, and side hustles and other income streams and, and land and developing land and moving up land and things like that. But when I get there, the key way I want to do it is, is sort of this integrative regenerative practice, um, have plenty of trees around, uh, foster habitat for uh, bees and and game birds. So I think pheasants are another one of those real buzzy imagery type animals. Um, hawks and falcons, quails, um, and then with, with deer, as we know in the bush there, preferential browsers so they just sort of go through a paddock and eat the best bits and and if you can have a wide variety of species in there uh, from my perspective I think that's going to keep them in the best nick, obviously you need plenty of it, um, but then you're sort of left with this interesting li- little paddock that has the potential for weeds and things so to be able to chase those with, with the likes of um, sheep or goats or cattle and then if a paddock needs turning over using things like pigs and and chickens to do that um, is sort of where I want to go and then integrating like orchards and, and acorns and things as fodder and, and food and things like that. And then from that develop some sort of destination restaurant that um, when I was living in Australia, one of the places I was in was near Byron Bay and there's two places there. One's called Harvest at New Bar and another one's called The Farm at Byron Bay. And they have this these restaurants that really foster the farm to table type environment. Um, And so that's something that I'd like to sort of reproduce with my own spin. And then um, going back to the sort of everyman stuff, create this sort of barn, I guess, that has gym equipment, archery range, axe throwing, um, have plenty of trails. On the farm, where, where you can go sort of hiking and mountain biking and quad, quad biking through it, and um, have ice baths and saunas and sweat lodges and accommodation, and just basically create this retreat environment where we can come together and and yeah, be be free. You know, much like when you go out on out on a hunt. Go real go real primal and, and mm. do things that are real challenging that expand your growth and, and get rid of the facade of, of chucking your, your shirt on and, and walking into the, the office under the artificial lights sitting in front of a computer. Um, yeah, I think that's a real powerful thing and, and also might create a bit of a, a rite of passage for guys in New Zealand that connects with the past and and also allows us to, to move through into the future with a real identity of who we are as a person, as opposed to the sort of things we associate our life with, whether that be our job or cars we drive or the suburbs that we live in or, or the schools that we send our kids, which, you know, maybe it's coming from from Southland and not seeing too much of that. That, that, that sort of, I find that really interesting about New Zealand culture that we are so, entrenched in this and which rugby team you support and you know, <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole bunch of things that aren't really yeah. about the identity of a person. They're just about the little boxes that we like to pitch and hold people in. And that's one of the one of the questions, you know, what do you do um is I, I think a, a bad question asking someone, you know, what are you passionate about or or um yeah. what's your story? Yeah. You know, those those sorts of things really create that 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 word I was talking about that deep connection that meaningful connection then and you can start riffing about life as opposed to things
0: (laughs) yeah man like you know as you think about especially on social media like when you think of people say you talk about the measure of success and then you go into what is being successful like it's usually interned with being a successful businessman or a successful you know, sports player or something like that. But I think you know, for example, like for me, I, I will. I drive to work every day, and then if it's a nice day, if there's no wind, and then, I mean, I get up at 30 every morning. Well, I get to work at 30 every morning, drive it to work, and then there's, you know, if it's it's still dark and mm. then there's no wind, no rain, no nothing. I'm just like, I would be <laughs> quite angry at times. you're quite because I what well, out. Like, it's just like this is perfect. And then sometimes the weekends just um, aren't enough. So I think, in terms of like, you know, what what's more important, you know, with the, you know, just the, the money, or is it the self-satisfaction of doing something yeah. you really enjoy? That's, that's weird. Like I so say, you, you brought up I Justin
1: free range hunting. Like that's mm-hmm. that's that sort of yep. triangular conversation we're all having. Like, you know, what is what is important? Yeah. Um, and that's why I think it's it's yeah. cool when you sort of talk about that tribe mentality as having. You know, sorry, sorry, Justin to call you an owl, mm-hmm. but so someone, someone, someone that's, you know, <laughs> been through their life and, and you know, has things that they regard as successful that they can look back on. And then in a way yeah, I mean, you know, it, you can't really call them regrets because they're the they're the situations that made you who you are, but you know, the things that you might have might have done differently if if you if you really had to had to do it over again, but but like I said, you know. I don't, I don't tend to look back on anything in my short life that's that's I regret, but definitely there's things I sort of um, wish I hadn't done, or or you know may, maybe I could have could have missed out on that experience. But then at the same time, you kind of got to be grateful for all those really good things and and all those bad things that you forced you to have a look at yourself and, and make change and change tact and and carry on. And, and I think. That's the other benefit of having someone like Justin around is, is that, you know, he can bring a bit of realism to when you are feeling a little bit shitty about yourself that hey, um and, and having a having a weekend is is the same, you know, this this too shall pass and pass, sorry. And, you know, that's a bit like COVID. It's it's gonna end some time, but <laughs> at the moment we're sitting tight. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: But even like Gunn, uh, I think he, he'll definitely be listening to this podcast with uh, absolute excitement. But uh, I have to say, man, with that guy, I have never met a more, you know, the guy 47 years old. That's like no excuse. Probably the fittest, one of the fittest mm. people I've ever met in terms of physical and mental toughness. Um, I, knowledge in hunting mm. is just second to none. His, his, especially his mental fitness, and you're dead right. Like having someone who's, um, you know, six, you know, to, to a degree, a very well performing, um, you know, flooring business, and then to to sort of say like, oh, I'm I'm a bit over this now. I'm gonna, you know, follow something I really I really love. It's, it's actually really inspiring to be around, man. So, Justin, I know you're listening, bro. I know you got a big <laughs> smile on your face. So I look forward to look forward to hearing your input on all this too. But um, and then going back to you know, almost with Justin, some topics we talk about, bro, that me and you talk about too, bro, right, hunting yeah. gear. So, I know that you you were sporting the first slide, are they the storm type? Uh, they the guide are the pet? obsidian pants, so New, Zealand, New Zealand merino. Oh, I, yeah, when, yeah.
1: When, I, when I bought them, I was re- oh. you know, quite nervous that the old regenerating manuka might, might take to them or the carnuka, but that hunt we went on at New Year's, where it was bone dry and there was. Well, where I went, yeah. <laughs> there, there was Kanuka everywhere, but the, thing, <laughs> the things bloody survived. They, they, they were impressive. Yeah, and, you know, you and I put them to the test that day. What, what? We went for a swim and I just chucked them in the water and said, yeah. what, what happens when we do that. And we cross plenty of rivers and, man, I was, I, was, I was stoked. I love New Zealand Merino yeah. and, and that's why, um, you know, unless, unless somebody else, and, and especially a New Zealand person, comes up with Something that meets what the the Sitka Apex hoodie does, then you know I'll, I'll be happy to support them. But man, um, function and design uh, are what I look for, and, and yeah, that's 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 me in terms of sporting gear. But then, like shit, I've made some mistakes. That um, that mantra of buy once, cry once is so freaking true. Like, yeah, <laughs> my my yeah, my pack is like this yeah, um, pack yeah. that's. As a Mac pack when it, which just means it's not gonna bloody farm on me. That's the problem. Uh, I'm gonna have to bite the bullet again I'm gonna have to cry again. Um look at, but it's 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 set up for traveling and which which just means that when I'm out on the hill I've just kind to like collapse yeah. down this big bloody bulky pack and I'm like, yeah, oh man and then, and then the bow, you know, I sort <laughs> of bought that to get an introduction to bow hunting, but man, it's it has it's come without its um it's issues and, and I guess it's again. You know, you don't regret things. It's taught me a lot about bow hunting and, and what it, what you know is crucial for it. And, and I'm excited to learn more. But man, it's one of those things you, you go some days and go, oh, that was a that was a bugger. I should have waited longer.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Going going back to that, like, if, obviously you have your two or your three. Sort of well, or before actually, I suppose you're for hunting New Zealand hunting brands, which is obviously you know the, the top, the, the main one would be obviously Stony Creek, and then yeah, you're, you're pushing you know Hunter's Element with Bush Buck and Swazi and and Swazzy. Hunting. Now, this is pretty yeah. common and Swazi and, and yeah, um, so you push it, those five brands now. So they are you know, they're obviously New Zealand based brands. Uh, I think Swazi were the only. Hmm. They've gone offshore. I think their wet weather gear is still made here, but I mm. think all their fleece stuff is made abroad. So all these other five brands have gone offshore. Um, and in terms of gear, bro, because you're starting to slowly see, because a lot of people spent heaps of time on YouTube over the lockdown watching a lot of hunting videos, and you're watching the guys like, obviously Wildfire, mm. the, that series, or well, the you know the Berghof, um, obviously Cam Henderson, you Can't Handle. I've actually come up with a name yeah. uh, for the next one, which I'm going to pitch them. Called up, uh, yeah. <laughs> eh? what do you reckon Keeping <laughs> up with the
1: ka- Kandashians <laughs> like
0: like oh. <laughs> yeah. Kandashian. But, um, so yeah, going back, so you, you obviously, um, Kand wearing cut out and kill you gear. I, I actually sent him a message and asking about how you know what is that gear like, and he said, you know, it's yeah, you know, it's, it's it's pricey, it's um, obviously, I was saying all that American stuff, the same with first light with the pants, that but. I think just in terms of the technology, you go into Kui, You oh, listen, I listen a to the podcast play. Jason Huston on Joe Rogan Experience. Yeah, rest in peace, uh, Jason Airsten, an absolute legend. What and what he did with Kuyu, in terms of yeah, he obviously started Sitka, uh, moved on from into Kuyu, um, and then you know hearing his how he started Kuyu with going into going over to Japan, going into laboratories, and how he could mix. Synthetic nanotechnology fabrics into one to make an ultralight hunting, as you see, which is you at the moment. Do you think, as that those Americans brands, those American brands build, do you believe the New Zealand brands can keep up in, in the future over the next five years? We're going to see a shift of a lot more Kiwis turning to well,
1: that's, that's American what I hope. Brands? That's what I hope to, and that's what I what you, what you? you know you and I've discussed around
0: around Venator. It's like
1: we've we've got. Which mm. is what we come up with have five brands <laughs> that are all yeah. vying for the same place in the market, um, and having spoken with the yeah. Bushbuck guys, they are looking at Submarino, which would be which would be cool. Um, you know, Swazi yeah. with the Anorak, Anorok or Anorak, Um, You know, that that's something that's a, yeah. a world renowned piece of kit. But then, like you say, the rest of it is. Is fleece and you know, fleece is great, but man, there's, yeah. we've got this thing mm. in New Zealand called merino, which is just such a good piece of material. And, and you know, small, small plug for my, my mate down yeah. there in Hawke's Bay that I'm living with, Mohair as well. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could uh, get you guys talking and, and create a, a, a Mohair, Mohair range, yeah. potentially. Yeah. Potentially with some of these bloody pesky <laughs> possums, I don't know. But like you say, then it then it then it comes down to manufacturing. Yeah, man. yeah. Oh goodness me, man- manufacturing and um, yeah, mate. You know that's that's probably where. Oh, what are they bloody called? The Merino company that's down in the south, Broker. You know that that's something where Icebroker, yeah, man, yeah, became just such a huge risk is is when you then take that the next step, you've got the idea and you've got the concept into manufacturing and, and scale of things like, you know, it's, it's a scary place business. And I suppose that's why we don't all do it. <laughs> but um yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd yeah. love for us to go that tactical route, you know, um, Marino's used in Mos Royal as well, like Mons Royal. And, and that's talking with Cam Henderson yeah. why, he just was so frothing on the likes of Kuyu and First Lighters that, mate, coming from coming from skiing and snowboarding yeah. when you're sitting up there in the mountains and it's freezing and, and you're toasty to then, then being in hunting gear yeah. in, in Fiordland and, you know, it's, it's doing an all right job. But, yeah, yeah. you got these places of, of compromise. And, and, you know, as you, you well know, it's not easy to, to design things. There's all places where you can get flaws and there's all all no. you know patterns that you didn't really consider until you go and climb a mountain and come back to Jason with Kuyu yep. like and sick carry even that that's the sort of thing that you really froth on is is the uh, research and development as guys in the mountains chasing stone sheep. Like yeah you know, if it works up there, you know, then then that's probably gonna work most places. And and that that's where Maybe yeah. in New Zealand we need to start getting our head around layering, um, thinner, thinner, smaller, yeah. lighter, more compact layers that, that then, uh, transfer into comfort, ease, safety on the hill. And and you know you're seeing that a bit from Stony Creek. They've introduced those base layers, the, the down jackets in between, and then the rain rain covers over top. The light lightweight rain covers over the top. So you know the. All, you you feel confident with with what's going on here, but yeah, then, then you look at the benchmark, and I suppose yeah. it's a bit like podcasting. You know, you you look at us trying to kick around and, and make an impact across across the airwaves, and then you look at Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss, and go, man, that is that is massive. you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah, bro. Like, cause I just like what the what's the cue? You though, man. I I watched. Personally, watched a mm-hmm. kill you. What Ju- egg,
1: Justin's just got a rated to,
0: yeah. yep, <laughs> to minus 18 degrees <laughs> in a, yeah. floating in a breeze like a plastic bag. It was just that light. It was just like we're having the conversation. I looked out because we rolled it out outside and then had a look at it. But we're talking and I looked outside and it is just sitting there like hovering. Yeah. It's just a sleeping bag. It's that light. I think it's cause even I, I even have to open, you know. We, you know, I was was mm-hmm. renowned for doing everything on the cheap, rocking around flat shirts, and all that. Stuff. And even now, I've uh, decided to. I've been convinced to sign to sign. By sign, mm-hmm. I mean buy. Uh, Sicker gear. Um. So they got a whole range of that coming. And just, I just think that the. And going back to how you're saying with your your um with your podcast of Andre actually, how you how you're talking about hunters wanting to perform better in the hills and and just and be able to move into that, you know, hunt longer, and so you, obviously lighter gear in terms of what you carry in your pack is is going to be start becoming essential. You know, when you've got sleeping bags that are f- floating in the wind, as opposed to, you know, what, what's what's sort of out here as as on a New Zealand front, it's kind of like, you know, will hunters are they willing to start paying more for the American gear as opposed to sticking to the New Zealand stuff? Because New Zealand gear, like, and this is just my just my Opinion, and I know everyone's entitled to their own, and I might eat a bit of stick for it, but you know, I, I've never been a huge fan of the New Zealand stuff just because of it's well, I can't actually you know that's not true. I, I do really enjoy Huntech, I think Huntek have done an amazing job as traditionally and, mm. and, and for what they and their price was But I think, I think New Zealand, Stony Creek especially, I think that's their. they are an amazing band, what they've done for you know the hunter community. And Brett McCollum's done a huge job with the marketing and, and really putting it in front of people, and 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 what they have, you know, hunting-wise, in terms of, you know, what you what you might use it for, and then, but where where hunting might be going in terms of like the endurance sport, is it yeah, is it going to shift towards? Oh, yeah. I want It's just yeah, something to, something to be interested, well, to look into with interest as as the future goes on. Is it, is it going to all change and Yeah, I, more guess, I guess that's kind of cool depends to what you
1: want, eh? And if it, if it is. If it is you know the day trip or yeah, really yeah. going out the back of the farm or, or you know onto onto a private block then yeah. I think then there's nothing wrong with it and, and you know Hunter's Club and, and NZ Hunter prove yeah. that that Stony Creek is capable of doing it but um I you know as someone that owns yeah. a, a couple of Stony Creek things you know, I've got the the Stillwater jacket and, and I've got the Black Stag sleeping bag you know I. I rate those pieces of kit, and they've served me super well, and I've got full faith yeah. in them. But then, like anything, there's there's levels, and and you know yeah. when I read Cam uh, McKay's article about what's in the uh, in terms of breathability and waterproofness of the first light jacket, and, and you look at what's in Sitka and the Gore technology, um, and you, and you go pick one yeah. up, and and you just go. Yeah you know, here's my really, really good jacket that I've got. And then there's this thing. And then you look at the price tag, and, and, and I guess that's what makes you feel good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, because back to right back to Jason Hirsten, I was He was saying how, you know, Kyrie was about convincing people to actually yeah. buy expensive gear. You know, because people, he, he, you know, because they're Kiryu, you know, and this is from a, I've uh, done quite a lot. I always keep an eye on Kui and what they're up to because I, you know, thoroughly love the brand. I, I mean, I'm i a massive fan of Jason Easton. What he yeah. did was amazing. Um, and oh man, like he. Um, but so a lot of uh, you know, you notice that Kuyu, other than the obviously the like Instagram page, Facebook page, and stuff, but they have there's not a lot of marketing going into it because he mm. built his brand around blogging and just taking people through how everything was made why it's made like really pushing into that expedition hunting side so that's i think that's quite special like yeah you, you, you know you don't have to put as much money into marketing because you've already shown people yeah. what it's about from the start so i think it's yeah, it, very very special about yeah and, and yeah like in my day-to-day so, life that
1: um you know as, as our, our optometry practice we have you know, the most up-to-date piece of equipment that you could probably get. Um, and, you know, we mm. allow people the time. We, get, we give people a 40-minute appointment, no matter what. They get uh, a thorough battery of testing before they come in. And, and um, you know, we've got equipment there that the, mm. the eye specialists, the ophthalmologists have. And, you know, people then get to the end of it and sort of irk at the price. And you know, what what we do, you know, try to pride ourselves on on is is saying you know this is how much this piece of equipment costs this is the technology that that's going through it this is what we're able to disdain from this um and hey if you did go to that ophthalmologist it'd be four times the price and so what we're providing you is is exceptional value at the highest level and you know that's that's something that i think from the the perspective of and even even when you look at uh, our hunting outfitters mm-hmm. around, you know, the, the, there's a clear, clear example. Yeah. You know, our hunting outfitters get a get a bad rap, and people are always banging on on the the world record heads that they produce and things like that. But but, re- but really, for mm-hmm. them, the yeah. person that's on social media bagging the 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 product because they're jealous or or, or they're not doing it themselves or whatever, nice. really isn't the target market. And and that's. That's yeah. why, like you and I always sort of critiquing the New Zealand hundred brands, but we're not we're not criticizing them i think i think I think what what we're saying is that nah, nah they're doing an exceptional job, and you know they're proving their product day in, day out you know they're putting their product out there on on national t v across two platforms um but they if if us as consumers are also allowed to go and look at what's possible. And if we do think that what we want is of a more technical range, well then we've got to do our job and, and save our pennies and, and think smartly because, you know, we we need to pay for that elite elite level thing if that's that's where we're gonna go. And then on the flip side to that, as, as mm. you're saying about the flannelite shirts that doesn't make you a better hunter. Um, you've, you've just got to look at the history of hunting in New Zealand and what no. those guys went out there and, and, you know, what they wore and, and what they shot with. And, and it's yeah. nothing to do with the gear. It was to do with um, the knowledge, the time of the hills and, and, and getting on top of it and, and doing it well. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, it's it becomes sort of first world uh, type questions. But, yeah, it's just a real fascinating conversation and you know out on the hill you and i throw around all these brands and what they're doing well and, and, and things like that and so yeah it's not it's definitely no criticism and and you know you're yeah. out there trying it and you know the challenges of it and and i'm not someone that's out there trying it so i've got no idea but um yeah i've, I've, I've we're not taking anything away yeah. from, from what's been done and what's established and it's it's all a journey and, and and you're seeing the evolution of all these brands um, as time goes on and, and more and more influence happens and it's more of a worldly place and, like I say, we're exposed to more and more of these other brands and what's going on in the States, YouTube and Instagram. I think it's exciting. It's bloody cool. Yeah,
0: but I like just go with it. You going into that, um, going back to, you know, what, what – when you're making you a better hunter, and I think yeah, going back to what sort of, like, say, so what what sort of hunting you're actually doing, like, yeah, as you say, like going out on a farm or overnight hunts and all that sort of stuff. But you know, when you when you're going, especially moving down south to the tar hunting and and fuel <laughs> and the, a lot of shit can go wrong. And one thing I've learned, and obviously, you know, it's a big of going back to the legend of Justin saying to me, you know. Your gear, and it's a big thing I learned in the army too, like your gear can, te- can technically be your lifesaver. You know, if you if you fall off a cliff, or, you know, or if you yeah. make a fall on a mountain while you're out shooting tar, or if you, you know, yeah, it's the weather, you know, Fjordland is insane. If you were caught out in that weather with the wrong gear, you know, that essentially, this can be, a, you know, you, you you rely on your gear to survive. So it's, I think that's another to worry but that obviously comes into the the levels of what sort of hunter you are. If you're you know, going into the if you're the North Island pig hunter or the you know the weekend warrior or the you know the and the big outfitters down south, I think that's a huge margin when you're looking at what sort of gear you go to buy. Because I think those New Zealand hunting brands do a mess like a, a really good job of, of that. You know, just 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 probably the probably the medium of the New Zealand hunter. You've always need the middle covering sort of. Heading into the advanced and then covering yeah. the medium to, oh, and all the way down to the beginner. I think they do a really good job of that. And then and then promoting hunting. I think, yeah, Brett McConnell, amazing job. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name who runs Hunter's Element, but even he's got a cool story, bro. Inspirational story about mm-hmm. how he started, I think, 21 years old with garters in his parents' garage. And then when I drove up and down the country, there was no social media back then. I think it was like 2004 driving up and down the country selling garters and the garters flogged out. So he had to call them all back, sew them all up himself, sell them back or hand them back out again. And then did that for so long and then made his first range. I don't think, yeah, people can criticize Hunter's Element and people criticize, you know, any brand. You know, there could be Adidas. It could be, but you, you never really know the sleepless nights and the, you know, the, the financial heartache it takes for someone like that to put his heart and soul into a brand. And then for them to just be, able, you know, sit back and take criticism and go, Oh, yes, sweet, what's it's, you know, it's, it's not yeah. for you." Obviously, it's not for it's not. You're not the, the right consumer. About, you you're know, not there.
1: Icebreaker. I don't think like you can... for for all the icebreakers yeah. out there, there's a mm. there's a shit ton of people that took merino or took sheep fiber and and tried to make a, a brand or a or a garment or something and, and do it at scale and didn't show up. Icebreaker is just the one that's left over and. And that's you know, that's the real thing about business, hey. There's this massive survivorship bias that happens that when you can when you can sit back and look and go, oh, you know, maybe yeah. if I own this business, I'd, I'd do this differently. But mate,
0: unless you're freaking doing it, you've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, that's it. that is it, man. Oh, man it. Uh, it's a uh, it's awesome, exciting time, especially with with hunting and and I don't what, what, what are the Oh, I like to think what the animal population is like at the moment, especially the place that we went to last time, yeah. old, old, old Dave Perry's Spot X, where he came away successful. Uh, well, that's, it'd be interesting we to that, see how many that, animals that are running around, we ran around into.
1: He He might have had a bloody good spring. You know, he he sounded alright, but we couldn't see what was on top. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah but we have to go back in there. Same
1: well, uh, the same with On The Farm I, the other day, I had to someone out. made um, there's, there's a tiny little bush block that, that we know that there's the odd odd stag in and, and we're in the middle of a fencing job and my mate went back to the shed to get a few more tools so I said oh I'm just going to go for a little walk in there and like this is literally like one minute walk not not into a bush it's, mm-hmm. it's between two farms this little bush paddock and um yeah sure enough he came around to cut my wind but I could see this big big body and big face um bit of a muzzle on him but not the heck here. And, my mate reckons there's an eight-pointer around, so it, just just looking at he wasn't that barrel-jisted or main-type stag, so I'd imagine that was him. But yeah, it's it's bloody exciting mm-hmm. to have that bark, that that running down there, especially that boy that we saw up in the Rohinis. He, he had two with him already, um, and what mm-hmm. we we came across three yeah. more up that gulch, one that's not there anymore. And then you went back the next morning. How many more did you see in the morning?
0: I've just seen. I've seen a couple. I've seen one running, but I was as, as you were down um, sorting out the back legs of the one you would shot the night before. I seen. I was. Yeah, it, like, it was just you nine, know. So it was quite late in the day, like 19, well, yeah. two, probably two, get up the at like ten o'clock. Nineteen year. Um, but you yeah, just to sit there on a you know on a sunrise and just have the heat on your back and just glassing up you know just this yelling, just having a good feed up on the face up from where you'd shot that one was it was just good man. Put the hard yards in that night. So just just really hunting is just such a amazing right, that, was, that
1: was bloody epic sport. as well like you and fitzy had
0: would be yeah. walking around
1: the ridge the week before um obviously we saw could see the pan that mm. you were glassing from what what was the sort of discussion like for you you two mm. that day when you were across across the the valley or not valley what do you call that river river bed floor yeah and, and you're looking at this since I, not, well, that, not that there was any shortage yeah, was, of animals be, in I, that face either, man. We were yeah. camping, it was, was
0: covered in boots, <laughs> mm. yeah, man. Yeah, it was, um, it was because obviously that was I've gone in there with Fitz mm-hmm. and it was the first time like a, a friend of mine had told me about it. And then I'd said, um, because I'd, I'd normally hunted the yeah. uh, what do you call it, the western side of the Royal like the like the Palmerston North side. And then I was just like, we'll try this side on the on the Woodville side, on the Danny Burke side. So I went there and we took Fitzy in. Um, we walked up the bridge and then, yeah, looked down. And then I, I seen that. I seen it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I thought, fuck. And then I seen where it might lead up to. And then obviously those faces up the back where, you know, hence we, we shot yours. And then I sort of thought, oh, fuck, it looks all right. And then um, I didn't, I, you know, like we were just having a look. And I didn't think too much of it, but I just had it in my head. I was like, well, I think next time I come back, that's where I'm going to go. And, and then, funny enough, we yeah,
1: yeah, and the best thing, I, I went and had a good, look at that job, area sorry. on the map um, or on the Monday or whatever, and what's above it is bloody sensational <laughs> like yeah, when you look at it when you look at it on the map it looks mm-hmm. even more impressive yeah. and we yeah, only, yeah. you know because because we only got so far before we saw the animals we didn't we didn't really scope it out because we didn't need to but man what's what what it leads into and up mm-hmm. and down and, and yeah. where that stag went like man you know we were a bit nervous that we were gonna be running up a cliff face of of bloody sticks and, and and ferns, but actually there's a sensational little spur of yeah. off the top where where that guy was hanging out and and that and that basin. When you get up on the top of that and, and, and the yeah. leading ridge that was in behind it, like what a spot, mate, you know. <laughs> I get, I'd be I'd be if we chucked that in front of oh, Justin both. and have, yeah. have some opinions.
0: <laughs> oh I mean, yeah, definitely. Like. Uh... It's, it just goes to show though like you, you get a, a hunt is really what you make it and you never know what you're going to run into. I some There's some areas especially around say locally here where I know that it's obviously mm-hmm. hunters a lot by the, the Cavity Coast hunters and it's just out the, the end of the Tower of but and you actually you know and then your first instinct is <laughs> oh well there's no point in me going up there because you know, heaps are hunters. and that was the same sort of thing with that place like it is really easily accessible and you know, there's a lot of animals around, but there's always also a lot of other hunters, and you're sort of like, ah, oh, yeah, fuck whatever, like, try it, and but yeah, you just got to really, yeah, pick a spot, yeah. I think, and just go for a good walk. You never know, what you're gonna see? But yeah, I think um, keep keep, keep. I think I'm going to start hunting a lot more the South Island, and I'm going to hunt a lot more, for an extended amount yeah. of time, especially hanging out with for old, uh, yeah. older, Justin. So, it should be interesting times. But yeah. Oh, no, you, have you got plans for oh, this year? What, oh, you got any, my my the, plan before. Hunting plan, stuff around to
1: just keep chipping away at, at McIntosh um, and yeah, see if I couldn't find something. Um, but yeah, there's, there's where I am on the farm, we're at the base of Sunrise Hut so yeah, you know, we've got some ambitions to go for a walk up there and, and for me it's really funny being on the farm and there's wild deer running around and I just love looking at them and watching them and, and checking their behavior out. And Hey, if, if the yeah. freezer gets empty, we'll, we'll, you know, clean up some nice high kneelings or, or, you know, young hinds and, and um, keep the population yeah. at bay, especially at the moment when there's not much grass around. But for me, it's, it's wanting to go up the, the mountains. They eh? get in, get into those bush, really challenge, do, do the challenge. And so yeah, I think I think that'll be definitely a place, and maybe go back to that that spot that we went to, and, and you know we could meet up there and and do a couple of nights this time or, or whatever. But mate, I'm I'm happy to to just keep it as it comes, and, and I think this year I'll be putting my name in the hat for for a Wanaka ballot again, and you know it's been a few years since I've done that, and apply for a whoppity ballot. With, with the knowledge that that probably won't happen, but you know, yeah, a bit like mm-hmm. hunting itself, you you can't get anything if you're not involved. So,
0: yeah, That's it, bro. I'm the same man. I'll be I'll be I'll be filing yeah. ballots out left, right, and yeah. center as soon as I bloody can. I think so. Yeah, got to be into win. So, but yeah, I think yeah. But in saying that though, bro, like I don't think the North Island you know, gets enough credit for what it's got too. Like there's some, you know, the Tauruas, the ruahinis the, you know, the Kaimais, Kaimanoas. There's a lot of areas up there in the North Island that, you know, sort of get, you know, obviously don't have the same vastness and stuff as, as like yeah. Southern Alps and Warnake and Fjordan and stuff. But I think there's still a lot of good hunting around. In the North Island, locally, like I've, you know, something I'll i definitely, I've I taken for granted well, in the past. still, uh, uh, you know,
1: that's where and I was nice. started
0: out. Yeah you know, really
1: trying to get the hang of it. And, you know, I've still got a vendetta with them and same with that little, that little fellow block I was talking about earlier, like mate, I've, I've been in there, I think four times and mm-hmm. seen, seen those little black ghosts mm. on, I think all but one occasion. And so <laughs> mate, I'd, I'd love to take one out of them. And of course they're incredible yeah. eating. Yeah. So that, that'd be the other bonus of, of going back to that little spot. But yeah. Um, I think everything's got its challenge and everything's got its element. And, and um, mate, you're, you're a privileged fellow. If you're complaining about what we've got in this country, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah. Nah, oh, yeah, God, it's fun. good time to be a Kiwi, I think. Yeah, Thanks. The back anyway, man. So, awesome conversation, bro. Yeah, so, so, how, so how, the, do, we, so how of, do they find sort
1: of him? Um, on Instagram yeah. is at Stag Ryan. The podcast is at the Stag Raw, it's on 13 channels so, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Overcast, Spotify. You know, if if you haven't found it on those places, um, you can look on this platform, Anchor, the Stag Raw is up there. Um, as I said, I'm on Twitter as at Stag Ryan. Haven't done too much there, so don't worry about it. And um, Facebook, either if you search the Stag Raw or the page itself is under at W-A-I-K-E-T-Zero. Um, but yeah, that's basically the places you'll find me. Man, if you've got something professional, you could even look at LinkedIn yeah, and YouTube as well. <laughs> yeah, a dabble. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and the other thing dude you always uh, I know she always put on the end of your podcast what's what's the message you want to give to the Oh, folks, right? this is the first time you've you you been turned
1: back around on me inspiration. Um, mate the, I'll, I'll go with the tagline of my podcast and that's um, living life less ordinary so the moment you do that one thing a little bit differently the moment you start living an extraordinary life and um, the more and more things you do that are less ordinary, the more and more rich your life is. And that goes back to that question we were talking about before, what is success? And, and for me, I think that it's just doing those little things that are a bit less ordinary, they are the ones you bloody cherish and love. So, yeah, that's what I'll leave people with. And, and um, thanks so much for thinking of me for your first episode. Mate, you've done frigging awesome. Out Hour 10. The people are going to love it. They're going to expect big things from you now, Dave, Gary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. What's going on? Like, no, I was noticed I'm good. clicking it's a pen good. and I've got headphones <laughs> on. I'm like, can you hear that? Like, please, it? <laughs> Nah, dude. Oh, dude. oh, bro, I'll get you. Oh, you know, obviously me and you're a good mates, yeah, man. Bro. So we'll be in touch and we'll get out hunting once this is all uh, all over. Cheers, brother. Have
1: a good one. Thanks so much. Great, dude. All right, man. You take care. Root.